Hi, I'm State Club Mayor Dave Kleiss. Welcome to the Mayor's Podcast. This is the very first episode of a series of uh, discussions that we're going to have and an opportunity to go more in-depth on, on issues that are affecting the city and, more importantly, uh, issues that are important to you. Uh, we're going to have a lot of guests. We're going to have a lot of topics that uh, not only folks from the city, but partners throughout this St. Cloud uh, community. So this is something that's a lot more detailed than the weekly update that many of you uh, are probably aware of. Uh, this is going to come out from time to time, topic to topic. And I wanted to start the first topic with probably what I consider probably the most important thing we do as a city, and that is the budget. Uh, we are working and have been working and actually finally uh, complete it with the council's approval after the public he hearing on the um, of the main budget that we have, which is the property tax supported budget. That process uh, begins actually at the beginning of the year, it begins when the other budget and so it's a year-long process, uh, and uh, we have gone through that piece. But I want it uh, to have the folks, the experts, that actually uh, drive that process uh, here uh, to talk about that. So uh, uh, Ruth Whipper, who is our finance director, so uh, she's in charge of all the dollars and to, to make sure that uh, uh, not only um, we do it in a legal way, a judicial way, but a fair way, but also looking forward and make sure that uh, we, you know, we have the we have the resources in order to provide the services that we have. Uh, she's got a, a team and uh, she has a department that uh, really is key to all of the other things that we do. We have to do them with resources and uh, that's the financial piece of it. And uh, Matt Staling, uh, city administrator, uh, is um, in charge of all of our departments, including finance, to make sure that the dollars that uh, we appropriate are, are spent in the right direction and prioritize that and uh, is the is the uh, person that is in charge of that piece. Our structure of government, and this could be a show in itself, but I just it's a little different than a lot of cities. Uh, we're under, um, and this is a political science term, I always like to preface that because it has nothing to do with my ability and strength. Uh, it's a strong mayor system. So it is called that, it's a political science term, it is not very uh, unique in the country, but it is unique in Minnesota. There are only three cities uh, in the state of Minnesota that have a strong mayor system. Uh, all other uh, systems have, and again, this is a political science term, a weak mayor system, uh, but that's because um, St. Cloud uh, is a charter city, and when we when we started, uh, we actually had different forms of government. In 1952, they went to a strong mayor system. And so St. Cloud, St. Paul, and Duluth are strong mayor systems. There's a hybrid in Minneapolis, which is a weak mayor system, but it has a little bit of a hybrid. It gives some different duties and powers to the mayor. But in St. Cloud, uh, it's it runs like um, a, a corporation would run. It would be the mayor sits uh, as would be a CEO. Um, we have, of course, the, um, the um, uh, uh, we kind of in a company would be the uh, chief operating officer, which would be uh, Mr. Staling here, it would be the person that runs the day-to-day -day operation of the, and of course, our uh, chief financial officer here uh, would be uh, Ruth, who uh, would be kind of rounds out that uh, structure. The city council operates as, a, in a business, a board of directors. They look at the, the vision, they look at that, that wider picture. Um, the actual executive powers are in um, the mayor's office, uh, and that's it set up 
uh, similar to what would the state would be set up with a, with a governor and the legislature uh, or at the federal level with the president and, of course, the Congress. Um, so it operates very similar to what most people think, but in Minnesota it's unique. Uh, so with that structure in, in place, when we talk about the budget, we talk about the departments, uh, that all is part of the executive branch. So we're responsible uh, for providing the budget. Uh, we're responsible for uh, preparing it uh, and, and giving it to the citizens of St. Cloud through their representation, the city council, and then their responsibility is to approve it um, or, or change it in, in that case. And they've gone through that process uh, and they're that, that representation. But the actual responsibility of carrying out the budget is an executive function and that's out of the mayor's office. So uh, it gives you a little bit of idea of our, of our system. And that process um, starts and begins, uh, again, as from the financial aspect of the budget. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Ruth. And, and I, I want to, you know, with this first podcast, so one of the aspects I think oftentimes uh, with government or actually even any company or corporation, um, people just look at titles. Um, but there are people behind this, and the same people who live under the same rules that all of us do in this community. So they pay taxes, um, whether you pay property taxes or sales taxes. You drive on the same roads. You dial 911, you get the same, you know, cop or firefighter. Um, you know, you, you deal with the same issues, whether it's parks. Um, so the folks that work here also live here and uh, live under those same rules. So they, they do have a stake in it beyond just their their job. So I want to start with Ruth. Uh, maybe just you know introduce yourself and kind of talk a little bit about yourself um, before we get into the actual what you do part. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Ruth Whipper, and I have been with the City of St. Cloud for 31 and a half years. Prior to that, I worked for the St. Cloud School District for two years, and prior to that, a couple of private companies. Um, got my education, started out at a two-room country school, which not many people have anymore, but it was eight grades and two teachers, and we did walk to school. Uh, that was closed after I was in third grade, went to Becker. Uphill then, both ways, right? Uphi yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was indeed uphill both ways. Um, and so then I graduated from Becker High School and uh, got some education at the St. Cloud Technical College. I moved on through my career and started here in 1988 and have worked my way up from a couple of different jobs, originally a computer programmer, then an accountant, an accounting supervisor, an assistant finance director, and I'm now the finance director. Um, on a personal level, I'm from the middle of a very large family, uh, 13 children, and I am the seventh one. Wow. So there are six older and six younger than me. We lived on a farm, and it was a very lively household. <laughs> um, so grew up as learning how teamwork works. You had to be responsible for yourself, but actually work very well as a team. And I think that has benefited me in my career to know you had to keep track of your own stuff because nobody else was going to, but you also had to be able to get on the school bus with eight other people in one bathroom. So oh, we yeah. did that. <laughs> you know, I, I just read something somewhere that um, that said, you know, something about growing up on a farm uh, is, I mean, the experience you receive there is so so different than almost anything else. So that's a, that's a cool background to have. Yeah, it truly is. So, um, yeah, for hobbies on a personal level now, I enjoy my, my children and my grandchildren and like to travel, like to hike, walk, read, ride bike, all kinds of outdoorsy things that way. So um, that's, that's kind of my background. Well, that's cool. Well, I like the outdoor stuff. That's good because you uh, have to figure out ways for us to pay for right. <laughs> all those outdoor activities and parks and trails. Uh, well, I... 
I uh, before I'm going to have Matt uh, do the same thing. Introduce yourself, and then we'll and then we'll pr- turn back to you, uh, Ruth, and talk a little bit about the the process, what we do as far as for the for the budget. So, Matt, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Uh, Matt Staling. I've been with the city. I'm going on my 24th year as a city employee. Um, I graduated Apollo High School and went on to Augsburg College where I, I um, graduated with a political science degree. Then I went on to law school at Valparaiso University School of Law in Valparaiso, Indiana. Um, so I got my start with the city working as a criminal prosecutor, uh, as an assistant city attorney. And um, after a couple of years, I was promoted to a supervisory position supervising the criminal prosecution work and ultimately uh, was promoted to uh, due to a great mentor uh, uh, Jan Peterson great mentor and teacher I was uh, ultimately promoted to city attorney and about three years ago had the opportunity to make a move to city administrator so uh, it's been a, it's been a great adventure uh, the entire time on a personal level uh, you know, I just like to, when I'm not working, I like to be active and outside. This time of year, uh, my passions are fat tire biking with my son, Jake, and uh, hopefully we're going to get some ice fishing in this winter also. And you, uh, and thanks for your uh, military service. Yes, uh, I was an Army had. lawyer for about nine years. Yeah, so I served was, overseas during, served the, during, during the conflict the, in... Uh, yep, over in Bosnia, Herzegovina. Uh, um, part of the Stabilization Force 14 yeah. back in 2003 and 2004. Well, thanks for your for your military yeah. service, and thanks for both of you for your service to the to the city. So, uh, let's let's just get, jump right into it. Um, uh, Ruth, how do we uh, how do we do this uh, this budget process? And uh, you know, I guess maybe uh, just uh, probably the first part is the fact that I think most people want to know, you know, how much do we how much do we collect and spend, or what's what is that total budget, and how's that kind of broken down, and how's that process to put it together function? Well, our, our budgets run in two separate processes, what we would call the tax-supported budgets and the enterprise fund budgets. So um, as we start our budget process for the tax-supported budgets, we start that in May of each year, kind of tied to the legislative session. Um, usually we, we are a recipient of LGA, and that can greatly impact our budget depending on whether the, they're And that's adding. that word that we hear all the time, and I know it's an, I know it's an airport. Um, it's out of LaGuardia. <laughs> For those of us who travel, LGA has a different meeting. Uh, but uh, lo- it's, it's local what? government aid. Right. Um, and it is provided by the state of Minnesota, uh, allocated by the legislature, mostly to regional centers like ourselves who provide services to many re- um, residents that aren't here paying property taxes but come into our city and use our services. You know, that's a good point. Uh, the, the, I think you know, the, a lot of people don't know, and, you, and you know, depending on what city you are, a lot of the suburbs of the Twin Cities that don't have a regional draw, they're more of a bedroom community to a regional center. Um, you know, a lot of the third ring suburbs in particular are the Twin Cities. Um, so local government aid helps cover that cost of infrastructure, you know, your public safety and your roads uh, when people come in. Our, our you know, our St. Cloud population is about 68,000 people closer. You know, we'll know no, in next year when the census is taken. Uh, but our daytime population goes over 170,000. So that is a group of folks that are are getting services, a lot of them, um, but not having any financial 
stake in it. And if you just you just had the folks that pay property tax pay for the services, um, they'd be paying for and police, for example. We wouldn't have a police force for a 68,000-person uh, community when the community grows to 168,000. So that is where the LGA comes in. And, and you know, so that piece is a, is a part that comes from the state. And it's not, you know, it's not like it's a, it's, it's not the biggest part of our, our uh, revenue. Uh, what is it? Um, small percentage, 17%? It's about 17% of our governmental funds revenue, yes. Um, so it's not the major portion, but it does help significantly reduce the burden on our property taxpayers. Yes. Our total governmental funds budget for 2020 is $77,579,500. And, and about uh, what is that in LGA? About... 13? About thirteen million three hundred and fifty-eight thousand in, in local government aid is contributing to that. What makes up the rest of that? The rest of the revenue. The rest of the revenue, yeah. Property taxes make up about thirty-six percent of the revenue. Um, we have franchise fees and some other taxes like hotel motel tax and some sales tax that make up about eleven percent. Um, we do have charges for services is about seven percent of the budget. Uh, licenses and permits make up about four percent. Um, we've got some fines and fees. That's only about 1%. We do have some other intergovernmental revenue besides our local government aid. We do get some federal grants, some state grants for other things. We get some, uh, we have some joint powers agreements with like the Technical College and St. Cloud State. So we are getting some resources from some of the other the school district contributes towards the uh, officers that are in the schools. Yeah, they're that all type paying for thing. cops for the most because you go with for the, the most the part they are resource officers for the yes. school district, and then uh, what do we got? Kind of a we had originally a cops grant, and then St. Cloud State paid for originally I think three cops. Correct. And then they, uh, you know, through their financial issues, they dropped back to two, and then the technical college picked up that third officer. So we're back to having the technical community college and the university pay for three of those uh, universities or those cops. And that's what's, I think also it's, it's sometimes when, you know, people have a different picture of things because the university of Minnesota, for example, has their own police force. They're a land grant institution and under Minnesota statute, um, you cannot have a police force at St. Cloud state university. They have public, they can't be sworn peace officers. So we provide that security but in this way, there's a sharing of the revenue, which is a, which is a great, great way of partnering and collaborating with a university that has, you know, a lot of students and a lot of issues that um, require public safety for the students and the faculty and the staff and anybody who visits the university. Right. The intergovernmental cooperation is very important in a regional center like ours with a university and a technical college. And we partner with our uh, area cities in other ways. For example, our legal department handles the um, criminal prosecution for area cities, Sartell, St. Joseph, Wake Park, and uh, those are joint powers agreements, and those cities contribute financially also uh, to the city you know, for those services. So that helps us you know, staff up those offices, and it really you know, um, makes sense as a regional center, as we, you know, our budget reflects you know, supporting that population of 170,000 we have to have the police, the fire, the, the sewer, the water, all the infrastructure to support sure. that population, which is why local government aid and joint powers agreements make so much sense. Sure. And that, and just so, you know, St. Cloud and residents know, um, for that legal service in Sartell and Wade Park and St. Joe, um, they cover the full cost 
uh, of the of the individual's time uh, for that through a through a, a joint powers agreement. But we we yeah. make sure we're not we're not subsidizing their their um, their legal, but it actually helps us because we're able to put a person or persons in, um, and then utilize that time and, and time and effort. That's right, and you know their the workload that uh, we receive from those three cities does not require an individual, a single prosecutor for each one. So, I mean, one prosecutor can handle, you know, multiple cities. And in fact, the way the calendar works over in district court, all the cities are on the same calendar anyway. Which is great. Well, the, uh, continue on the, on the financial, you talked about where things come from. Where do they go? Where did they go? And then I'll, then I'll turn it over to Matt, talk a little bit about how that process uh, begins with the departments. Begins with the departments. Um, Well, the largest portion of our uh, governmental funds budget is for public safety. That would be your police and fire and inspection services, the building safety, the legal. Um, and so that is um, about $32,842,000 of that is dedicated to public safety. Public works is the next largest piece of our governmental funds budget. There again, it's your streets, the snow plowing, the street lights, traffic lights, um, the street improvement projects, that type of thing. Those two items are the largest portion of our budget and they are the top two priorities of our citizens. Along with that, we then have the park rec and library is, is the next category for us. And we spend a, about five and a half million dollars in those areas. St. Cloud's are very well known for our park system. We have a lot of parks per capita and we're pretty proud of them. So we do have to keep them up and maintain them and provide the recreational facilities that go along with it. Um, other than that, we, we have to run elections. In 2020, we have three elections that we have to administer. We've got our community development, which is our planning department and our economic development. Information technology, everybody needs IT services. They're kind of an across the board for public safety, public works, everybody. We need our IT along with the administrative support, which would be the finance department, the mayor's office, those types of things that help out all of the other departments and just administrate. Well, that's, uh, you know, and the, the aspect of um, uh, what the city does, um, and that's, uh, I, I, I think it's also, uh, you know, sometimes, it, you know, you got so many different forms of government around, um, some folks, uh, you know, don't know whether it's, and there's nothing wrong, you know, who would know uh, what the city does versus what the county does or what the school district does. Again, that is also different in different states and different, even different communities in, in Minnesota. I mean, there are some cities who run hospitals. Um, we, we don't do that here in St. Cloud. We, of course, have a private, privately uh, run hospital. Um, some cities um, do utilities. Um, you know, we do our utilities. Some, some mm-hmm. do, do not. I mean, uh, parts of that. So there's different aspects of that. Some cities, not in Minnesota, uh, are also responsible for schools. In Minnesota, the school's responsibility is an elected school board who hires a superintendent um, that operates in that. So, and social services. Now, there are some cities in Minnesota that do provide social services. Uh, we've, um, you know, made a conscious decision to to not um, have social services, with the exception of the social services in the area of housing, which we are, we're more of a conduit. We have what's called the Housing and Redevelopment Authority, um, and that's a conduit for state and federal housing programs. But So that piece is normally a county function or a state function or a federal function in that respect. So we, co- we kind of focus on those core services 
as as you mentioned, Ruth, with the survey, we we do a survey. We did an annual survey um, in the beginning of this year, uh, where we asked people what other top issues, public safety, roads, and traffic, uh, were the top three. And what's the top three things we spend money on? <laughs> or top two, I should say. Public safety, public safety and roads, yeah. So, uh, so it does reflect that piece of it. Uh, before we kind of go through that process, uh, Ruth, since you're you're talking about the budget piece, um, you mentioned earlier in that that piece we have two major two budgets. That's the budget that's property tax supported. So that's the part the seventy some million. But we, you know, our budget's what closer to one hundred and twenty some million. What's that other piece of the budget that's the other piece of the budget that we work on um, is called the Enterprise Fund budgets. It's also sometimes called uh, more business-type um, activities, if you will. It's our water utility, our wastewater utility, the hydroelectric utility, stormwater, streetlight, the parking system, the refuse system, the municipal, municipal athletic complex, and the River's Edge Convention Center. These are all more fee-based budgets where we don't put property taxes into them. There are some special taxes that go into them to help fund them, but those are dedicated to the specific services. Most of them are fee-based, and they're paid for by the users of those services. Those um, come through a different process with different um, deadlines and time frames. We, are, we don't have to follow the state guidelines on those. It's just the charter. So we did hold, um, we will be holding a public hearing on those coming up. We have had work sessions with the council on them. The total there is $48,508,400 that we'll be proposing. Okay, so you, the, the one, uh, the, the probably the, the big one, the biggest one, the most important, the one that really affects that daily aspect, again, the public safety and the infrastructure, or most of it anyways, and that property tax support. That's the part that people see because right. they, they, uh, they write a check or, or uh, it's escrowed uh, through, their, through their mortgage um, for the property tax. The other piece, you kind of pay as you go, your water and your sewer and your refuge and your recycling. Um, and that, I, I, I hate to keep going back to the same thing, that also is different in different cities. So you might live in a city uh, even near here, Wade Park. Um, I, I had one uh, an individual that moved from Wade Park to St. Cloud, and they, I got a call um, years ago, and they said, well, you know, in Wade Park, we don't have to pay for garbage. <laughs> and that's uh, because it wasn't on their utility. Um, they paid for it. They just paid it in their property tax because it's not an enterprise fund for them. Uh, we do it, and, and, and we consciously make that decision. It's actually better for the taxpayer, especially the property taxpayer, because uh, in St. Cloud, um, only 80% of the properties pay property tax. Um, but we have 100% users of our services. And because of that, uh, when it's fee-based, um, for example, utilities and garbage, you, you, you're going to have it. Everyone's going to have some way to have to uh, dispose of those things or to use the water or the sewer. Um, we do that by fees rather than rolling that into property tax because it's a more fair, equitable way of, of, of doing it. So, well, those are the budgets. Um, and then uh, I guess I'll turn it over to you, Matt. Um, obviously, you're in charge of all those departments. Um, and uh, how does that, you know, how's the, how's the process uh, work? It's not, it's not one of those processes where um, it's, you know, it's not that top-down approach other than the philosophical aspect <laughs> of, of the dollars and where, you know, what, you know, we have limits, obviously, and, and, and no different than any business or homeowner would have. There's only so much revenue that you can, uh, that you're going to get. And we have a philosophical, um, actually more than philosophical, it's a policy that both the administration and the council has adopted over the years, and that is to capture our growth. 
uh, we, growth meaning new construction, new buildings, new, new houses, and then whatever the value, that value growth um, that people, and people always want their property. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say that if you know if the city does this, it's going to lower my property values. So we know people want the value uh, to go up, especially if they're going to sell or they, they want to, you know, you want to have an investment. You always want its, its, its value to go up. And so in, in that case, uh, and that's out of our control. That's really based on the markets, based on what people sell property for. Um, so, but the process itself as to what we fund based on those resources starts when and, and how is it done? It starts in June and we're sitting here in December and we're, we're just now, um, you know, completing the process with our, our public hearings. So it's a, it's a process that we put a, a lot of thought and work into and the finance department especially does, uh, does an awful lot to, to bring a forth a, a to you, a, a budget that meets that philosophy of capturing the growth. And for 2020, our our, our tax growth was estimated to be about 4.3%. And so that's that's the um, parameters that, and that's for a our growth. budget. That's not, I mean, that's a, it's going up. Yes, it's, it yeah. It goes up, you know, growing each year. There was a period of time that it didn't um, during the recession, obviously, when the housing bubble burst uh, in the, what, eight. 2008 yeah 2008 through 2014 were very difficult budget years because there was not growth during those years but we've been uh, enjoying um, steady growth um, since uh, about 2015 and so uh, in 2020 4.3% growth approximately and so those are the parameters within which we budget so in June uh, we start the budgeting process with each department uh, reviewing uh, the their past five years of of budget, they estimate where their budget for 2019 will end up, and they start to project um, based upon what they've experienced in 2019. Project into 2020 and 21 um, what their what their budgets might be, and we have those discussions with individual departments, department heads, and their and their primary uh, leaders within those departments, and we. Um, talk through um, their budget proposals and um, you know we have to make difficult decisions you know of how to prioritize you know what's important in each of those budgets um, within within our means and so uh, we do that with every department and um, then in August uh, well in th then in July uh, we we formulate our proposal and and we sit down with you mayor and we we discuss that and then we get your guidance and feedback on on that budget and we make uh, more difficult decisions <laughs> and, then, and then and then in august we uh, we present our budget proposal to the to the city council and we had four meetings this year with the city council where we received their feedback and um then in september we um conduct a public hearing on the preliminary budget and the tax levy and then in November we go through our enterprise budgets with the with the City Council and here we are in December where we're having our public hearings receiving that public input on what's important to the public and what they look for in our budget and that's uh, you know it is a long process and you say that you know the, the part in June which actually starts the actual the, the starting to crunch the numbers but um, uh, the council um, 
and the administration, we get together in, in early in, in January and we have a retreat. Yes. Um, and that's, we set the goals as to what's the vision of the community. What do we want to see happen in the next five years and then five to two. So that way you kind of look at long range and short range. Um, and based on those goals, um, that's further, uh, we further add to that the fact that we do a survey from time to time. And as I mentioned earlier, we did a survey. So we asked the public what do they want us to prioritize? And we also asked the satisfaction piece. And, I, and we didn't touch on the, the aspect, of, you know, we talk about the budget. We do a survey no different than a business would do. How many times have you go to a business? Even if you're on a phone call, they'll say, do you have another minute to ask, you know, one question? Uh, I love the uh, ones that um, I, I go on, you know, Delta. And at the end of the thing, they say, um, on a scale of one to five, would you hire the person you just talked to, um, you know, um, strongly or which I think is great. I mean, that's a good way of indicating, you know, whether or not they're doing a great job. So we asked the question um, to our, our community um, to rate the service. Um, and Matt, what's the, well, we, the numbers mean, we, you have? We actually for rate, rate uh, quite well. We're, we're, proud of, we're proud of the service we provide, and I think the public – um, at least through the survey results, recognizes that, that we put forth a good, uh, a good effort to provide high-quality services. So overall, city services have a 94% uh, approval yeah, see, rate. And that, that's one of those things. That it's really hard to improve on 94%. I mean, even dentine gum when I was a kid was only going four out of five dentists to recommend. <laughs> so they always had at least one person, that, yeah, no matter what. You're, even, even people actually paying for the advertising wouldn't uh, say 100% because no, nothing would ever be at 100%. Uh, but well, that's pretty good. We did our survey uh, last winter, and I always find this interesting, is that even when we do a survey in the winter, 90% of our residents feel that we do a good job snow plowing. Yeah, it's so risky. It's risky, good. you know. <laughs> yeah, if you ask that in July, it would be, it, we'd probably be at that 100%. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, it is actually, um, it, it's, it's a way of us getting that feedback, but uh, that's, a, that's an important piece of what we do. And our, our going on, our parks have a 90% approval. Senate, our sewer services, 92%. Drinking water, 90%. And our, our street and pedestrian facilities, street lighting, uh, is 82 percent and that's that's the lowest uh approval rating we have is 82 percent and that is also one that's, of our priorities that's very high one of the things too that when we do this survey this isn't the first time we've done it and and we you know we've actually increased in almost every one of those categories just by one or two because they were in the 90s um in in the past but uh we do that um, not so that we can come back and have, you know, uh, you know, gl glowing results. We do it that if there are challenges, that there are issues that come out, uh, we want to make sure we address them. And that's exactly why businesses do those types of satisfaction surveys too. You want to, you want to get a handle on what aren't we not, what are we not focusing on? What, uh, what should we be focusing on? And that's why we do the, you know, the top three issues, as I mentioned before, the issue with roads and roads and traffic and, um, and a public safety, which are those top issues, if we actually added the fourth one and it would be North Star Corridor, that, and every year it comes out at number four uh, in, that, in that result. So it, we do look at um, uh, the vision that the, the administration and the council do together early in the year, the feedback that we receive um, through the survey, the feedback we receive um, in our, we do a, interactive town halls. We do a lot of, actually, I think probably more than anything, we get feedback all year round 
on services. You know, when we have snow, there there will be folks that call or, or email, um, and it's you know that they the road didn't get plowed or they might have an issue with you know you know pothole. We get pothole season, you know, like everyone does. Mm-hmm. Even even states that don't have winter, but it's tougher on states that have winter. Um, and, but we also get we get we get nice. Um, you know, I just got an email from a from a, a woman in Saint Cloud that was just very pleased with the snow plowing. You know, that's rare. It's more, um, you know, less likely to for someone to send something positive, but it's always great and very much appreciated uh, by our staff. Absolutely, uh, we get those types yes, of things. Sure. So we have, um, you know, we have that process that you know ends with, um, you know, at at the end with like I said truth and taxation, and I think it's important for people um, to understand too. Um, you know, a large part of what we do, of the finance piece, a lot of it's equipment. But really, it comes down to people because people do these jobs. Um, you know, you, we have 111 cops that are out there that are sworn peace officers. Um, you know, 50 some firefighters, and you got a lot of people that work in public works. Um, you know, in the water and sewer and snow plowing and and you know mowing the parks to to um, you know making sure that uh, animals are controlled. Uh, this, you know, we have a little bit of all those types of things. So these are people. Um, it's a big part of the budget, I, I assume. How's that? That, you know, is that how is that looked at going forward, especially when um, we have nine nine labor unions? I yeah, think uh, so. We negotiate unions. those. Those are all done through a very um, very complex state requirement on on labor negotiations that take place. Um, so, how's that factored in the in the budget, Ruth? Uh, when you, maybe maybe from your financial piece, and maybe Matt, who you've done a lot of those. Um, <laughs> Ruth gives you the dollar amount that you're looking at, <laughs> and then you've got to you've got to break it to folks, yeah. or 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 make them real happy either way. Usually it's break it to them, but <laughs> yes, um, it depends on where we're at in a contract cycle. You know, for 2020, we did have virtually all of our unions settled um, in 19 for 20, so we did know uh, we were looking at a three percent salary increase that we had to cover. Um, we also knew that we were looking at a slight in, uh, increase in health insurance, so we have to factor that in first. Uh, PERA, Public Employees Retirement Association for Police and Fire, there was a, a slight increase in the employer's share there. Um, so we start with kind of those known for sure items that we have to spend. Those are things we know. Um, and when we're working on the budget, we start with that piece because it is the largest piece. Um, so get those in place first, and then we see how much we have available to spend in other areas. If it's not a contract year, then we have to make an estimate on that. Yeah, and it's, so and that's the you know, and you have to estimate, but you really don't know until no, it's it's you done, you know. And that's sometimes you you don't know that, and sometimes you don't know some other things that might happen. You might have a roof that caves in. You might have a sewer um, that um, just collapses. Um, so these are, you know, like anybody else would have in their home. You, you might have, you know, a car that just, you know, needs a new transmission or, or you need new tires or new windows. Um, the city has a reserve, and it's an important piece. It's, you know, the, the, state, w- the state has what's called a rainy day fund, and, and more years than not, uh, the rainy day fund, you know, is, uh, is gone. And actually, um, um, we have what's called a, a reserves, and we have a policy. We to, to, you know, you want to have a healthy reserve so that you, you can actually um, get over those types of emergencies that in, in can happen to any city um, that happens. So tell us a little bit about what, what our reserve is and kind of how we, how we factor that in. 
Well, we do have a policy on that, and um, for our general fund, the policy range is 35 to 50 percent of the total general fund expenditures. Um, and our policy actually mirrors the state guidelines. The state auditor's office recommends 35 to 50 percent. Um, so we are currently at 40 percent, uh, about 41 percent, uh, for general fund reserves, and that is what we would go to in the case of an emergency. Um, the other thing we may do is substitute an item for something else. Um, like you might do in your personal budget. If you had intended to maybe replace your deck, but the uh, engine died in your car, you had to fix that instead. Um, Make so your priorities. You, so you we have to prioritize. Yeah. And as we get through it, sometimes we do have to substitute one for the other, but we always try to stay within those guidelines. And there are things that are often out of our control, and that is why we have reserves. We would have to go to those if necessary. Oh, they, and they come in. I mean, you, you may have a year. Um, you know, this is the Farmer's Almanac tells us, I hope they're wrong. Um, that we're going to have more snow. So you you budget for what, and actually we look, our folks are pretty good at, you know, they're, they're amateur meteorologists and they kind of determine <laughs> how much snow are we going to get this year based on all kinds of other forecasts. And, you know, you might have an occasion where, you know, you know the, probably the worst case scenario, it's, it snows on a holiday, <laughs> um, you know, so that's a, that's a whole, you know, and that's no different than private sector. It doesn't even matter whether it's union or non-union. You got, you know, you got holiday pay. Um, and then you're bringing folks in and you're, you're you know, and it maybe if it's a long snow occurrence or, or it could be a public safety issue, an investigation. You, you know, our cops end their, their shift. If something's going on, they're not, their shift doesn't end. They end up with overtime and overtime is, you know, something you can't, you know, you, we project, we get an idea annually, but those are things you, you've got to have reserves for, um, you know, so it does, it is prudent. And I, th I think we have, we have a healthy reserve and that's, that's good for, it's not only good for, uh, you know, those occasions, but uh, tell us a little bit about, and I, I, I should have prefaced this at the beginning, by the way, Ruth is a award winning finance director. Uh, continuing a tradition, the department that she's been in for all these years has always received an award and you received actually right away your first <laughs> when you when you first took over that position, a you know, and this we we, we kind of kid because there's a you know, you you'll fill walls full of these um, these awards, but not every city uh, receives them and this is this is really a testament of you and your staff. Um, really, uh, and uh, you know, taxpayer gets a, you know just what you do um, saves a lot of dollars by doing the right thing, and particularly as we budget and have reserves, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit about debt here in a second too. Managing all of that gives us a, a bond rating that's pretty high, and you know, bond ratings is like your you know for your personal you know business or yourself, it's like your credit rating, um, you know, and what's the highest credit rating you can get? Eight fifty. Right, um, we have a double A plus, which is like uh, over 800. So it's it's pretty good. In fact, you can only get a one more above what triple A, and you know there's very few cities in the country that have a triple A bond rating. Um, so you know, talk talk a little bit about you know that rating and how important that is to the finances. Well, the bond rating is one of the most important things that we have, and and as the mayor said, it's like your personal credit rating. So it does affect everything you do. Um, and when, you, when we sell bonds and go out for it, we're required to get a rating. And the rating agencies have strong criteria that they apply, and they rate 
nationally and internationally. So these are not just our criteria that we decided we would rank well at. Yeah, we these don't are, pay for the rating. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> they have to be very independent. You, you can't buy off the rating agencies. They are, are held to a high standard of the ratings because people buy the bonds based on their projections of what your credit worthiness is. And municipal bonds are some of the, the best investments yes, you can have. So the they want, you want to make sure they're, they're buying the the most, the safest bonds. Yes, they are. And the higher your bond rating, um, the lower the interest rates you pay. And that's the way the bond ratings work. So you get a really good interest rate when you have a high would, bond rating. Would you rating. say that, you know, we've gone up twice in the mm -hmm. last decade, uh, we to, you know, to AA plus. Um, would you say over that period of time, uh, things that we've borrowed money for, um, we've saved millions? Oh, I would say yes. In, yeah. in the millions last decade, we have that, over the life of our bonds yeah. and over the amount of bonds that we have, we've saved millions by having a higher credit yeah. rating. That's we, meaning the city. The so city. the taxpayers are saving millions of dollars because of the fiscal management and, and because we have, you know, and, and some of that, you know, it's also an important, they look at, and this is something that I think comes up because, and I think it comes up more because the national level uh, doesn't seem to care about it at all, and that's debt. <laughs> um, at the federal level, um, you know, what are we at? You know, right. trillions. I mean, you were, we're at numbers that we wouldn't even, you know, couldn't right. fathom here. But um, we were, we're required a balanced budget, first of all. But we also have a policy on, on you know, how much we borrow. You know, what's, what's on your, uh, you know, the city's credit card. Um, our bond rating lowers that interest, so lowers our, what we pay for that. Um, but I, I, we, had a, we had a gentleman that, uh, during the Truth in Taxation, spoke about the, the aspect of debt. And I talked to him a little bit after. And more concerned about, you know, why don't we just pay cash for everything? Um, there's, a, there's a reason, probably the biggest reason is, why, you know, I would always say, why should the taxpayers of today, this year, pay for all the things that are going to be used over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years for other taxpayers? Um, so you borrow um, for that at a very low interest rate um, over that period of time. So the people using the road, the building, you know, they get the use out of it and they're paying as, as you go. Um, not only that, there's, there's another reason um, on that, because if you paid cash for everything, um, you know, uh, what, what would the state probably do? Oh, they would think that you had way too much money in your reserves. There's a reason the state auditor's guidelines are 35 to 50 percent of your budget. If you started to have 100 or 150 percent of your budget sitting in your reserves, they would do things like cut your local government aid, saying or take you it away do not if there's a need this, I mean, or the take it away. Have authority. Um, they would look at you and say, you don't need this money from us because you're sitting on too much already. And they could even say that you're overtaxing your citizens to sit on that much in reserves. There is such a thing as too much reserves. You would not want to have that much sitting there. It wouldn't right. be prudent use of your money. And, and even debt. I mean, we we have a policy that kind of right. keeps us to a certain percentage, and we're, we, we stay right around that percentage. You know, if we go over, you know, we had a voter-approved reference referendum mm -hmm. and so the voters decided this was important that was for police and fire uh, stations a number of years ago but we keep around that we keep policies in place and sometimes you know because of circumstances we might have to go over but we explain it that's why we have policies in that respect so um, for the most part um, you know uh, the bond rating as you were saying is an external view of how we're doing things not it internal is. Um, it is an external and I can read from our most recent rating, um, 
this is according to Standard & Poor's, not us, the rating reflects our view of St. Cloud's historically consistent and positive budgetary performance, which has enabled the city to maintain a very strong reserve. In our view, the city's strong financial profile is supported by a robust management policies, ensuring a very strong reserve and liquidity position that we expect to continue into the future. See, now that's, uh, and that's from the folks that are giving us our rating, our rating, and you know, they can give us whatever rating. They're the ones that actually, um, it's because they really take a really um, critical view, because if they didn't, nobody would, <laughs> no one would, you know, the bond ratings wouldn't mean anything to people who are investor, investors, and that's the important aspect of it. Well, and they're at risk also if they overrate an, a bond and it fails and they default on those. Those, pe those bond holders can come back at the rating agency if there was malpractice in their rating and right. say that they're accountable for the default on that yeah. bond. They are held to very strict standards. Yeah, and, they, and, they, uh, and I know you, you um, both you and Matt are on the call and your, your team and, you know, on those things. And really, uh, they ask some tough questions uh, and where you're at. In fact, you talk about um, the area of debt. Um, and at another show, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the old tech high school that city, the city of St. Cloud is going to be moving into. Uh, we just got uh, sustained our bond rating recently. Um, and even that was that was with the information that we were going to be going uh, into uh, some little borrowing for the, the aspect of going into the, you know, moving City Hall uh, into the old tech to keep that heritage, help that neighborhood out, and to, and to give us more capacity. And, a, and, you know, despite the fact that it's a 100-year-old building, most of it's, the most of it that we're moving into is, is a little younger than the building we're in. This building was is built in 1926, the one, the City Hall that we're broadcasting out of today. So I wanted to just, before we, um, you know, we wrap up, there's, uh, I want to, get to just a couple of things. First of all, what's the major changes in this year's budget from next as far as, you know, some, and I think it's equipment and people are usually what we talk about, um, the highlights of the 2020 governmental fund. But also there's something I wanna, I wanna uh, stress to folks. Um, when, when we give the budget and when I give the presentation at Truth and Taxation, I always have my own property tax. Because you know you can you can give all the statistics in the world. You can say this is the average price, and you know. And I always wonder that because every time I talk to somebody, they're never at the average price. And I, I talk to a lot of average people. <laughs> so, but my and actually my my property is probably valid. My property is valued lower than what an average piece is. But but I choose to. I love the neighborhood I'm in. I'm in a historic core neighborhood, and it's a great great place to live. Love the house. Been in there for twenty six plus years but I bring my own property tax statement in so that people see this is what it is and when people get that proposed statement um, I think people go right to the bottom line but people need to remember there's the county there's the school district and there's the city that have the truth in taxation there's some other there's you know metro bus so you have a transit piece on there and um, you have uh, of course the, what is the city but the HRA and the EDA those are those are broken out um, later on when you actually are paying your tax but I brought mine in and I, I noticed and I decided we, we oftentimes will discuss where we're at and then where we were, you know, 10 years ago. It's a, it's a good way to, you should always kind of compare yourselves to points in time. And so I brought my property tax proposed for 2020 and, I, and then I went back and found the one I had 10 years ago. And uh, after um, examining it, and thanks, uh, Ruth, for helping me out, because back 10 years ago, they actually separated that voter-approved levy. Now it's rolled in, so you don't see it, the one that folks voted for for the police and fire station. Um, but I'm paying 
less in the proposed budget for 2020 than I was in 2009. 90 cents, but hey, <laughs> you know, there's, that's, what else can you do other, other than maybe a big screen TV? <laughs> there's most things, uh, inflation increases those, those types of things. So, and, and then we, we did a little bit more um, during the budget discussion. You brought out a, a chart, uh, Ruth, that kind of compares um, uh, um, how we compare to the rest of the state on a per capita basis. Um, you know, uh, and you looked at a period of time too. Where are we? Um, you know, if you look at, and I think a lot, of, a lot of times you can say what a city pays, you can look at the average, but I think on a per capita basis, you probably get a better indication. Where is St. Cloud um, when it comes to, you know, in relation to the state and most cities in the state on a, on a, on a property tax in a per capita basis? Well, the comparison we used from the state data was um, of Minnesota cities with a population of over 2,500, because that's the way the state of Minnesota breaks out the data that they Which provide. Which is about how many cities? It was about 229 yeah. is what they listed a of, mm -hmm. on a per capita. All the cities in our area, yes, you know, even yeah. St. Augusta, which is the smallest, be, yeah. has a population above that. So on a per capita property tax basis, the statewide average for those cities over 2,500 is $462. Um, St. Cloud on our 2017 is the most recent data we have available. So that's the data we're talking about. So the statewide average of $462 and St. Cloud's per capita property tax is $362. So we are $100 below the statewide average in wow. 2017 for cities over $2,500. And that's significant. That's though, very significant. I, I, I just had somebody send me an email saying, you know, St. Cloud's tax is so much higher than the rest of the cities. Well, you know that these are these are facts. These are the statistics that you have, and even even in the local area, our rates one of the lowest um, in the of a local area cities as far as our tax rate. Um, so if you look at that, and that and you and you went back ten years too, even that is the gap between the state and the, and the local is is continuing to widen, which widen in a good way. <laughs> yes, it has gotten considerably wider. We had gone back to two thousand eight. And at that point in time, St. Cloud was $345, and the statewide average was $353. So we were very close, close to the yeah. statewide average in 2008. Um, and as we talked earlier, the gap has grown considerably in the last 10 years. Yeah. Well, uh, we've we've continued to be very stable where the rest of the cities appear to be heading higher. Heading, yeah. There's one of those areas where, like, you, you want, when you want to be below average. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's in, when it comes to, to property tax. Um, you know, you, you both, um, you know, went through as, as people are giving what the needs are and then we, you know, we look at what the public wants are. Um, you know, what are the highlights? Yeah. Well, public safety and, and uh, transportation infrastructure are the two top priorities. And so in the, our 2020 budget, we are putting on some additional staff. Um, one uh, assistant city attorney, which will be dedicated toward criminal prosecution, uh, one police officer through our, our partnership with the St. Cloud State University, and an equipment operator in our public works department to uh, help fill potholes and do all of those things to keep our streets uh, as healthy as we can. And finally, um, a computer programmer uh, staff in our uh, information technology department. As for equipment, uh, we are purchasing seven uh, marked squad cars. We are purchasing a rescue boat for our fire department when they do river rescues on either the Sauk River or the Mississippi River. Um, we are uh, investing in some parks equipment, 
and we are significantly also investing in our public works with a, a patching trailer for um, handling those those uh, potholes in the spring and also we're adding an additional plow truck which will actually be a replacement for a, a truck that we've been nursing along for a number of years yeah we hey I, I, our folks are pretty good we, we have our own mechanics over there so they uh, they keep those things uh, operating for a long period of time and we're and uh, you, you talked a little about some a lot of those are Almost all of those things that you've got in there are part of those priorities, priorities that we have and the public wants, public safety, infrastructure, especially roads and traffic. Um, and even on that, our street and utility projects, uh, we're putting in more um, than we have last year. And actually, in the last three years, we have did more than we did four years ago um, in the area of street utility projects, so the roads. And that's, that's the top priority that folks wanted us to focus on. So public safety, roads, and traffic is, is part of it. Yep, so, and I think our budget really reflects that. Yeah, it, you know, if you look at you, you know, Ruth, you came up with this a few years ago with the, you showing the dollar and mm -hmm. you split the dollar. Uh, you take a dollar bill and you break it into little pieces. Um, most of that dollar is public safety and public work. So the roads, the infrastructure part, uh, but what percentage? You take those two things together, you're probably, what, 70%, 60? Uh, yeah, uh, we would be 58% for public safety and 23% for public public works so 81 percent 81 percent 81 cents out of a dollar that's good that's my lawyer that's that was lawyer math too yeah matt's got good lawyer math that's lawyer math 81 81 cents out of every dollar is going towards the public's top two priorities that is that is and that's significant and when you think about um you know what you're putting in you you also did a chart that kind of shows um, you know what you have on a on an annual basis. Um, I think you're you're like sixty some dollars a month for all of those things, including public safety roads and, and something like that. That's that's it's a pretty good uh, uh, pretty good bang for the buck, and that's an average priced home. Yep, the average residential homeowner would pay if you wrote out a monthly check in 2020, you'd pay a sixty two dollars and ninety two cents a month, and that would get. You public safety, it will get you police and fire protection, it'll get your roads plowed, it gets you access to our parks, it gets you all of your those tax supported city services for sixty two dollars and ninety two cents a month. Yeah. You probably couldn't hire private security, private well, fire, and have your road plowed privately for that. Yeah, considering you pay probably two hundred up two hundred twenty dollars for cable. Yeah. <laughs> or a cell phone. And that's just T V that'd be one of your lower bills probably yeah, if you were yeah. writing it out every month. I think your roads your and your cops and fire and all the rest, that's probably a higher priority. But you keep it down. And and I want to um, thank you both, uh, Ruth and Matt, for, for coming in and what you do, your service to the to the city, um, and your dedication to uh, to making sure that uh, things uh, operate well. You you lead uh, you know some pretty significant uh, teams, and you, you know you're the captain. Well, it's, <laughs> <Don't> a, <hear laughs> me. it's always been a privilege to work for the city, and people like Ruth and our other section and department heads makes it easy. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, I, I, you make uh, uh, all of those uh, jobs easier. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, it, I don't think anybody understands, or everybody does understand, I think, how tough household budgets are and how your business budgets are. And now, you, you know, you can, you, can, you can cut some things, but when it comes to the city, there are a lot of things you can't cut. I mean, you can't cut the fact that you have to have roads and public safety. I mean, no, no matter what. 
there's there's nobody else doing that. There's the infrastructure and public safety, you know, isn't farmed out, and the private sector is not picking that up. So this is something that we together as a community need, and we got to find ways to pay for it without creating a burden on the folks that are living in the community. So we're very cognizant of that. I, I, I say this every year. It's not my money. None of our money. That's for um, sure. It's you know it's the it's yeah. the community's money, and so you got to be good stewards of it. Yeah, we never forget that this is not our money. We think yeah. of that every day, every time we spend yeah. money or do anything. We remember yeah. it's not ours. That's right. That's an important uh, philosophy. So, oh, well, thank you again thank for you. for coming on to the the very first podcast. Uh, you know, you you mentioned and we talked about that enterprise fund. I'm going to have folks that are in those departments kind of talk a little bit about some of those highlights at a future podcast, so we can talk about water and sewer. We got a big expansion or a big upgrade, okay. I should say, for the for the water plant there. Minnesota's first or the world's first green wolf, the real green wolf. We have a park above our water <laughs> <Right>. treatment facility <laughs> and some trails and uh, some other things that we've got. Coming Coming up in the future, so uh, thank you very much uh, for, thank for you. being thank on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for what Great you do. Uh, we this is the first podcast. Uh, you can learn more about future podcasts, who the guests are going to be, what we're going to be talking about. If you got a topic, you know, uh, you know, um, just go ahead and uh, uh, send an email, or uh, you know, go ahead and message me on Facebook, or you know, Facebook or City's website, or follow me on Twitter. Go to the podcast. It's um, Mayor Dave Kleiss podcast is what you would find. That's just search that way. Um, until the next week, um, you know, if you got a topic or concern or an issue that deals with anything, um, you know, let us know. Uh, or I got opportunities for town hall meetings, um, a, a, a lot of them once a week. <laughs> um, so uh, contact us that way. Until the next uh, podcast, have a great week.